0: And not a Is it rolling, Bob?
1: And uh, thank you for the, the Harrison covered CD That is, um, isn't that a pity, by Jonathan Wilson Oh, featuring Graham Nash
0: Oh, oh, oh,
1: didn't realize that um, Keep that on in the background I guess, <clears throat> oh, by the way, welcome, Dixon Janes Podcast number 974 We're getting there Um, coming to you from Thompson Park on a Tuesday morning on December 4th, just a very, very, like, light, yeah, you can't even call it a snowfall, but I see a couple little flakes that land on the windscreen and melt, and nothing like what they've got in Ottawa and Montreal, which was a severe winter storm already. It's amazing the difference, you know, because I think of them as just so close. Oh yeah, Montreal and Ottawa, it's nothing, a four hour drive. Uh, to Ottawa but a completely different weather pattern and here in Scarborough here at Thompson Park it's a lovely day for a walk unfortunately I can't go for a walk because I didn't bring my walker because the whole back seat and trunk area are filled with my winter tires so the job for today was uh, find someone who can mount those tires for you fairly quickly while you wait and there are not many places that let you wait. They'll say, yeah, they'll be done by the end of the day. But uh, anyway, that's uh, nothing for you to worry about, okay? Worry more about how you care for your fellow humans. Let's start off with a shout-out to Shane Burley, who is back and uh, came back with a couple of podcasts, including The Sound of Awesome, um, for uh, the Canadian National Day of Podcasting, which was December 1st. And it was nice to have a a few people come back and talk about things. And he talked a lot on one of the shows about just, um, it's okay to ramble. I I felt, (coughs) while he was talking, I, I felt he was referencing my show. Hey, you can go on and on about nothing important, but that's okay. You know, it's not about making money. Just do it. If you're enjoying doing it, just do it. So, um, this is the same Shane who, um, is responsible for the bell on my, uh, Walker. So, uh, thanks, Shane. Shout out to you, if you're caught up and still listening. (sighs) The pity part, like, goes with this song, is Russia. Uh, A news headline, Russia raids gay clubs after anti-LGBTQ legislation was passed. And, um, this is, I guess there's an election coming up, so it is meant this passing of this legislation it is meant to increase the scapegoating of lgbtq plus people to appeal to the kremlin's conservative supporters before the march 24th or march 2024 presidential vote and to paralyze the work of rights groups countering discrimination and supporting lgbt people so that is just very very unfortunate And the ruling will allow the authorities to arbitrarily prosecute anyone for any activities related to LGBTQ plus rights. So those people who are looking for, you know, rights and democracy, well, maybe not even democracy, maybe that's hopeless now in Russia, but helping people who are being discriminated against, uh, it's just... I mean, it's all over the world. We take it for granted here. You know, we have gay marriage and and it's okay for people to be openly out there. And I know trans people are still fighting the good battle. But so much of what we just think should be the world norm here in Canada, uh, or what we have here in Canada should be the world norm, just isn't. And uh, that's a pity. And uh, it may be very hard to even change that. Okay, um, I'm just going to scroll down through. These are just things that have sort of come up during the week and, and struck me as things I wanted to share with you. Margaret Atwood. I love Margaret Atwood. I've I've only read a few of her books. You know, I have to confess to that. I have a lot of them, but I haven't got through them. But it's anytime she speaks or I see her on TV or, you know, you know her through uh, the uh, TV show, you know, Ladies with the Hoods. and uh, Honestly, 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 it's kind of sad, but I can't even, like right now, can't even name that show. You know who I'm talking about or what I'm talking about. Uh, but just the brain just isn't doing it. It's no, sorry, hey, I'm busy. You know, I'm doing something else. I cannot do two things at once. I used to think I could drive and think hard about something, and I find, no, if I think hard about something that driving time is kind of a blank. Like, I guess I stayed in my lane and, you know, didn't go through red lights, but I can't recall it. So it's really, that's something that's just gone. The brain is saying, hey, hey we know to all the help we can get over here just to do this one thing. Never mind asshole trying to do two things. Um, which is a bit shocking, you know, because it may have just been an illusion. But I guess... You could work faster. People argue, no, you can only really do, focus on one thing at a time. But you you seem to be able to jump from one to the other very quickly without any gap. And now that's just not possible. So um, uh, I can picture, you know, I can see the actress, you know, from uh, the wonderful actress, whose name, of course, I can't tell you, and from the show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that Dave Broadbeck talked about. can't tell you the name of the show. None of that's gone. My son last night said, Dad, I'm really worried about your memory. Uh, I had forgotten we had Disney Channel and could watch all these shows. I said, oh, I forgot we had it. Dad, I told you. So I'm sharing that with you. That's not what I wanted to share because it's, it's um, a little bit embarrassing but also a little bit frightening. Uh, and it is... You know, I, I'll get back to Margaret Atwood, but while, while, I, while I'm on this particular track, um, there's been many times when I've thought the reason I'm doing this podcast and the reason I put out those two books of my letters is because somewhere deep down inside, I know there's going to come a time and I'm just sitting there vacantly uh, with no idea who I am or, or what the past was about. And it's like I'm preserving it somehow, maybe for myself, maybe for somebody else, but with the idea that it's because the past is going to be more important to me because it's going to be missing. It's going to be gone. And therefore, you're getting these weekly podcasts. Anyway, that's a pretty good excuse, isn't it, to keep on going. Margaret Atwood, the one I met a few times but once when I actually engaged in conversation with her the same day I met the Emperor and Empress of Japan. Yes, I've told you that story. I'm not going to tell it again. um but she was interviewed by Jesse Brown, and I could tell Jesse was really a little uncomfortable because she just I mean she's in another league of intellect, okay, nothing against Jesse. He's doing a great job on Canada land, but wow, she is so sharp, even at her age. Uh, it's got to be in her 80s now, and boy, she did not miss anything, and she's got a sense of humor and a genuine laugh. I, so much respect. We've got our Canadian heroes, Joni Mitchell, Leonard Cohen, uh, you know, I don't know who else, but I have a lot of them. Uh, but Margaret Atwood is right up there, right up there near the top, or at the top, um, fabulous and so the interview was actually interesting if you ever if you've been listening to Canada Land or have skipped that episode go back and listen to Margaret Atwood talking about like reality like you know where are things going but being able to do it like the amount of knowledge she has and could draw up the history that she's read like clearly this is an intellect somebody who's well read and thinks deeply so um Yeah, hats off. A salute to Margaret Atwood. Thank you very much. Ah, my night vision. Remember when I had my eyes done I talked about, oh yeah, you're going to see colors better and your night vision will be better and you won't need glasses and all that stuff. And I was skeptical about all of it and fussed about the money I was going to have to pay to get these good lenses. Well, I did see the better color when I tuned in my TV. thought the TV had gotten better. No, it wasn't the TV. It was my eyes. Um, just to see the colors popping and, and just brighter, it seemed. And now uh, I'm, it's kind of, I think it's canceled. I mean, I think I'm used to it now. I've adapted. But although I'm looking at the blue, wow, the recycle bins, I'm looking at them through my window now. <laughs> <laughs> and that blue is pretty fucking blue, I'll tell you. No, they're, they're blue. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, there you go. All right. Um... But I had to pick up my son at the airport Saturday night, and uh, the last time I drove to the airport at night, I think it might have been a little rainy or something, and parts of the 401, they're still repaving, and so you're never quite sure which lane you're supposed to be in, and they curve and they turn, and, and they're not all well lit in the new sections, and I, I found it, I was so stressed, I found it horrific. Saturday night, I drove there, no glasses, picked up my son, drove him back. One of the easiest drives I have ever had. I guess there wasn't a whole lot of traffic. It was really fast, but I had no stress. I was just relaxed. Clearly, 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 and I emphasize clearly, I could see better at night. Um, so whether it's just, you know, the fog of the from the cataracts or whatever it was, Definitely better vision. I'm not talking night and daylight. Wow, it's just the same as daylight. No, but definitely better, far less stressful. So I, I am very happy about that. So that, that was I guess that's the final point to make. I'm almost done with my eye drops. I'll be seeing my optometrist soon and uh, finding out about what kind of prescription will I need if I want to read comfortably and not have to stick with large print books. So uh, there you go. Um, maybe I've got one last little anecdote for you here. A keyless car. It's called a keyless car. Um, my son was going to pick up a friend at the uh, train station, a friend visiting from Vancouver. I, no, I didn't tell you this. I told Bruce. And, um, so, you know, I said, well, take the spare key. Mom, where are the keys? And she didn't have them handy. And I said, well, just take the spare key, take the spare key. So I was a little concerned, like, hey, your friend's going to be there now. You've got to get there. You don't want to make any, make anybody wait, especially at a train station. Just be there early. And, you know, he was a little late getting into it. And anyway, got into the car. And then next thing he's in the house, Dad, the car stopped. It's not working. It can't go. And I'm like, what the fuck? Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's nothing that can't be. I open the door, and the car is backed out of the driveway, blocking the road. Like, it just stopped uh, directly in the middle of the road out the driveway. Like, whoa, whoa, what the And I get out there, and I go, what the hell, man? And I get in, and I guess... You know, meanwhile, my wife is out there, and and we can't figure this out. Like, what would do this? And, you know, it's sort of like, what did my son do wrong? Or, you know, he didn't put it in gear. Something's wrong here. Anyway, I get in. Thing starts up. I pull it over to the curb. Phew. You know, and this took a few minutes. There was quite a good because my wife was there. I am there. I got it. My son's there. We're all buzzing about this stalled car in the middle of the road, blocking traffic. Oh, my God. I get it there. And then my wife says, you know, well, where's the key? Where's the key? Where's the key? And, you know, fumble around. Well, who's got the key? Kenji, where's the key? You know? And then remember, oh, no, he never did get my wife's keys. No, there is... Okay. And my wife says, listen, I can explain. I said, no, he's got to go. He's got to go. Just get in the car and go. Your your friend's waiting. And I don't want to hear my wife explain. And I'm being kind of ignorant about it. And she's saying... You know, we're, we're still in our pajamas in the road. And she's saying, You listen to me, listen to me. And I'm saying, No, he's got to go. Just go, go. It's working. It's nothing wrong. The problem was that I had never given my son the key. You probably guessed this. I had just, the car was close enough because I had the key, key as I stood at the front door. I had the key in my pocket, pajamas pocket. He backs out. The car gets that far away from the key, which he doesn't have, I have in my pocket, in the house, and it just dies. There's no key. It knows there's no key. It's supposed to die. I had never given him the key. <sighs> I had to write an apology, you know. I don't ruin your day. He was he was angry because I wouldn't listen to my wife. And my poor was trying to explain there's nothing wrong with the car. It's simply that you never gave... Your son, the key. You were supposed to. Everybody's angry at me, <laughs> and deservedly so. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh my God, Ken, are you telling another story, showing how damaged your brain is? Is this another? Is this, is this just one more example of the decline that you're in? And it's frightening to share that too. It was just kind of a stupid thing. It was an error, but coincidence just happens to be. I'm getting old. And ugh. so I'm just going to leave that for you to judge. I, I don't want to think. I think, okay, it was a mistake. I owned up to it. Uh, I, I mean, I can blame my son. You should have. You should never have left the house without the key. Uh, so he's also partly a little of the blame. He could have said, Dad, where's the key? But, of course, he's merrily driving off not realizing until the car... <laughs> backs out of the driveway and stops dead in the middle of the road. All right, so there's the keyless car story. And I think I'm going to, my son is probably just getting up now. I dropped number, one son, number two son off at uh, Scarborough Town Center so he can get his um, train, subway, everything, bus into work. And uh, I'll go back home. I've been enjoying time. My son, of course, as I mentioned, is visiting from Vancouver. He's leaving next Saturday. Um, I've enjoying... He's got me back on to Squid Game. See, I could remember that. Uh, Squid Game. And uh, Mad Men was the show that David... Or, yeah, D. Broadbeck was uh, talking about. And the show that the lady, Peggy, from Mad Men, was in uh, the Margaret Atwood series. I know the new book, I think, it was... Testament or New Testament that was a new book but this first one no, can't can't get it. All right, anyway I was just trying to prove something. Yeah, eventually the brain works. It does. It's just a lot more slower there's just fewer cells working fewer synapses firing fewer connections. It's got to work harder just to do the things it used to do quite easily, okay? That's what's happening Um, Now where was I? Besides trying to defend myself? My feeble brain. Oh, oh yeah, Squid Game. Uh, I thought it was kind of stupid after the first episode. Oh, what's all this about? And I really, really hated the fake, you know, uh, being shot and the blood spurting and they're lying down. Oh, come on, this is stupid. But now that I'm watching, I'm kind of into it and I've only got a couple of episodes left. They may not have even been released yet. So uh, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm recommending it. It's just another kind of reality show, but it is entertaining. It is very entertaining especially the the episode where they're walking on the glass one, one one floor is real and one show one floor if you step on that you got two choices left or right and you got to make your way down i think about 12 steps or something to get to the end or you die that was very interesting and the way they decided what was fair game and how to play the game was very interesting so if you uh, yeah if you've watched it, then you, you'll agree with me. And uh, if you haven't watched it, you, who knows? Will you listen to me? All right. Scarborough Dude signing up. Oh, my God. 20 minutes already. But uh, i got to get this done because Friday night is our only night, right? So uh, maybe I'll record this, uh, put it out Saturday after our night at the only. Scarborough
0: Dude.
1: Bye from Thompson Park. Heading home, heading home. I had Oden for breakfast. My wife ate Oden. I wanted it just for that boiled egg that takes on the taste, but all the other goodies that go into making a. a, a you know how. Nalcol has been so good to me, to us. When my son visits from Japan, of course she wants to have it. And, and oh my God. Uh, I did have another note here, and, and it said, Wonderful mother. Um, Kenji um, is a bartender, you know, in Vancouver. And they have these kind of aprons they use for work and he wanted a new one made and she brought some material back from japan it looks like it's traditional japanese pattern of the flying geese ducks birds some kind bright colors it's really quite flamboyant would you call it and she's making him an apron reversible one side's black and the other side but she still has the sewing skills that's why i dropped her off yesterday at uh fabric land so she can pick up the things, the sewing needles she needed and the scissors and, and uh, get back, she does a lot of stuff this is a bigger project, a lot more work but she can do it because she grew up in the time of uh, of cooking and sewing and those were important skills for a uh, a woman in particular to have and uh, she's got them in spades and I'm uh, I'm grateful I am just so grateful because I certainly didn't know that when I fell in love with her and uh, even when I proposed to her, it all came as a surprise later on. Wow! But I must have known something about her was, uh, was pretty damn special. So I'm just putting that in there. Scarborough Dude, signing off. Bye from Thompson Park. That's the way. I'm going to get right down to business here. I've got some notes. I'm sitting uh, at the um, Ravine, Birkdale Ravine. It's uh, Wednesday morning, December the, what was it, the 6th. And uh, just after, about a quarter past 11. And, yeah, I'm on my walk. Dropped my son off uh, for his bus. He doesn't get home till now. It's after midnight. Poor guy. He's, uh, he's working hard. But anyway, uh, my other son is, uh, was still sleeping when I left. He was out late last night, too. And uh, here I am. I've dropped my car off at Silver Mile. This is the one garage I really trust, and it is so conveniently located. Kingston Road and Markham Road, and uh, very close by where my wife works. So she was able to drive her car and leave it there, walk to work from that garage. I show up in the Toyota uh, because, I guess I mentioned uh, that I'd already gone in for uh, mounting the winter tires, got those things done, and they said, need a brake job, and they gave me a quote, and uh, this guy gave me a better quote, but more than that... I fully trust these guys. They're very friendly. It's it's a long-standing business. They have a reputation they live up to, and uh, they would just never cheat me. And the price would be fair. And uh, so anyway, I'll be able to pick up my car this afternoon. The brakes done. So that's another thing off the list. Not an expense I want to have this time of year. Uh, we're already running in the red, but. Um, yeah, that's got to be done. And tomorrow, we'll switch cars, and uh, she'll drop off the Mazda and have the winter tires put on at the same place. And then she just walks over and picks it up on her way home. So that's all good. That's easy. Uh, what's not so good is the Tim's app. I got, uh, you know, the offers come through, and I've got the app, and it says, oh, free coffee. All you have to do is do scan and pay. So it means you have to have a your prepaid You know, your system, your credit card, your debit card, whatever, uh, connected. And then you just scan the offer, and bam, you get one free coffee. So I drive up, and I order my coffee, uh, large, dark roast, one cream only. She's okay. I drive up, and um, it doesn't work when I show the scan. No, no, you have to have your debit. I don't think they understood, but just it didn't work. So yeah, you have to be able to pay right away. It's it's taken out when they scan. And I just assumed Tim's already had my credit card or debit card. Uh, that was my mistake. So my fault entirely. I said, okay, okay, okay. I'll just add it. And I'll drive around. I'll do it again. So I add my uh, credit card, good morning, good morning, add my credit card, and then uh, drive around again, come to the window, yes sir, good morning, I said, uh, I've already ordered, ah, large black, yeah, 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 and I drive up, and uh, now I have my card, and she scans, no, it doesn't work, and I said, What well, do you mean it doesn't work, I've added my card, I want my coffee, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. Just and so foolishly, I really put up a fight no i 've done it you 've got my credit card, I want my coffee. Just give me the coffee and i'm I 'm belligerent, you know foolishly so, because I talk about being kind to people. manager by this point there 's at least four people behind the counter, four or five people watching me, like looking at me, watching the interaction, seeing how the boss- the boss comes over. Uh, English is a little hard to understand, but that's okay. Um, she says, no, it doesn't scan, doesn't work. And I said, but it doesn't, I've given my card, I want my coffee, just give me the coffee. And I'm threatening not to move. I said, there's a long line behind, Tim Hortons won't like you making other customers wait, just give me my coffee. I can give you, I pay, I pay, I give you, I pay. With something along that line, I have to pay. And I don't want that. Just give me the coffee. No, I can't give you a coffee. It doesn't go through. I pay. And I'm close to saying, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to move till you give me my coffee. And then I realize it's really, really putting her in a hard spot. And and it's it's just unfair. And my anger is with Tim Hortons and the app. And my fault, maybe because it wasn't loaded in the beginning And I had already tried to scan it And it just blocked something in the software it didn't, didn't update to show that Now I've got a card She goes through, she takes my phone She goes through all the app. No, it doesn't work, it doesn't work So, I'm feeling a little sheepish A little foolish for making such a fuss But at the same time, fuck Tim Horton's in your goddamn app Jesus Christ, man. And you could have just given me that coffee. I'm sure they have some allowances. But anyway, anyway, anyway. So I didn't get my coffee, and there you go. But I felt compelled to tell you about it because I've that uh, seems to be a reg- regular feature on this uh, podcast is my trouble with apps. All right. Uh, the other show, I was raving about the TV shows I watch, uh, How It's Made. Now there's another one, of course, which you probably all know it. How Do They Do It?, and that is equally amazing when you see. I mean, the one, how do they make bags of cement in Mexico? And geez. And it's chemistry and science. It's just amazing. And the equipment, the machinery they have, these superheating furnaces, and, and the whole procedure of combining the right ingredients, right down to uh, the last one was, you know, how do they get the peas, frozen peas, into a bag so that they still have their taste, you know? And, and it's like. Taking them from this harvesting truck that inside the truck it, it takes the peas out of the, the shell and then just immediately spits it, and loads it into a truck that goes straight to a freezing plant. And that whole process of washing and cleaning once again without destroying all the peas, uh, you know, and you think you just take it for granted. You just, you know, you go into your freezer, you got a bag of frozen peas, you know, zap them in the microwave and they're ready to go. Now, Mind you, I don't think they taste very good, but maybe I'm eating cheaper peas. They they made it certainly look very tasty. And these are, I guess, industrial size, big size. They, they measure them. and ugh, Amazing. How do they do it? I might even put that as a title. Disney Channel, I think I mentioned. My son um, reminded me we have Disney. He recommended Andor of the Star Wars series of uh, the show Andor. Uh, I'm into it. I am amazed at how well it's done, uh, the the tension, but basically just the, looking at it, how they've created this city of the future. So I don't know. I'm not up to date on Star Wars and, and how it all fits in, but this goes back to the very beginning, as you will all know. And I'm very, very impressed. It's drawn me in, and I'll probably want to, after I finish this series, want to go on to, okay, what came after this? And, like, another one of the prequels. Uh, but, wow. Um, I do did take my two nephews to see Star Wars. I think the day it came out in Montreal at the theater. It was a big deal at the time. And uh, so I have a little bit of a history, but, you know, never... I just. I didn't geek out over all this stuff but this one has drawn me in and the other show that he recommended I watch under the Marvel uh, universe is WandaVision and I guess again I'm, I'm probably the people I'm talking to probably know all these things I have seen them all so I'm just and at first the first three episodes I don't know I, I, don't, know. I, I don't entirely get it but okay yeah, it's caught enough interest and in my son says no no dad it's good And now the things have taken off, I guess, by the fourth episode. Oh, okay, wow. Now it's getting a little more interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's WandaVision. Thank you very much to uh, my number one son. Um, Yeah, okay, so that takes care of the TV. I think, oh, and there's one more uh, show that started a little bit of a conflict it was just a, um, a documentary on King Charles in his words and I'm a fan of King Charles I think he gets really hard done by and people just think he's stupid and he's not and a lot of people love Diana and blamed him life isn't easy and I, I think the, you know, I won't go on I won't try and convince anybody but it's very easy to be an anti-monarchist an anti-royalist, it's easy to hate Charles um, I love the Queen, and uh, I admire and respect King Charles now. But my son simply sitting beside me, again, the son visiting from Vancouver, well, that I don't get it. Like, why, are you, why do you love the royalists? Like, why are you a monarchist? And I tried to explain, and unfortunately, and you've heard about this before on the podcast, I react overly emotionally I'm emotionally immature. Okay, let's put it that way. I'm emotionally immature. And I reacted. I said, well, because of my mother. You know, my mother was born in England during the war. My grandfather served, you know, left Canada. He was born in England. He was English, came to Canada, immigrated, left to go back to join World War I so as not to be a coward. And it destroyed him. And, of course... I I just my leanings are towards the English side I knew my grandmother well who could have stepped out of a Victorian novel Uh, she lived with us quite a while dear Granny Luscombe and uh, my heart I think my values are British Uh, I certainly defend them and I'm you know, I tried to defend in terms of, well, they bring more money in than they that it costs the taxpayer and so on. Well, my son doesn't have any connection and didn't see that, but I overreacted and I, I could not give a simple answer. And I said, it's the culture, it's my heritage, it's because of my mother, uh, all these things, but I presented in such a way that it created more of a. a a conflict, confrontation Than was necessary had I just simply Tried to answer in a reasonable manner Now I'm telling you that Because that builds up to the Next Um uh, Disagreement And I guess My son wanting me To prepare myself better For the future Um for not for, for my sake for my my wife's sake for for an uncle's sake because his mother because my condition will get worse and eventually I will need you know maybe changes to the house if we want to stay in the house I'll need a ramp to get in when I can't climb that front step anymore and uh, maybe not be able to make it upstairs need a downstairs you know shower and, and we've I've talked about this before and it's just not something I'm just not there yet it's just not time. Well, you got to think about it now. And we really had a very unpleasant exchange. And I accused him of bullying me, and I've done very well in my life, thank you very much. And the answer was, you're selfish, and you're self-centered, and you're not thinking of other people. And he is right on those counts. So I'm not saying this to say, hey, take my side. I'm saying, no, my son is right. But it comes down to, I felt what it really boiled down to was, I am different and I have a certain approach to life and a way of doing things and looking at things that works for me. And I feel when somebody's telling me you gotta do things, you gotta prepare, you gotta do this, I don't take well to advice, to orders, to to being told what to do by anyone. Doesn't matter who. And that includes family. <coughs> and so again, I overreacted emotionally. I just I just got angry about it. Leave me alone. Leave me the fuck alone. You know, hey, I'll get it done when it needs to be done. And he's saying, you know, that's not going to give my wife any peace. And he's sort of defending his mother. And I think that's very good and noble. So I, again, I'm not criticizing my son. I'm just saying inevitably with family, especially between parents and children, there are going to be conflicts. There are going to be some differences uh, of opinion a man just walked by in shorts, looking cold. But uh, well, that's him. Uh, so we're each different, and and as as are both my sons, and as is my wife, and 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 you know I guess just I I don't know what uh, why I'm seeing this other than sharing the reality of what goes on, and uh, hopefully we all bounce back and everything is fine, and um, I guess that's happened already. Uh, And I'll try, but I I fail every time. And I feel like, uh, you know, I accuse him of you pushing my buttons intentionally to get me to react emotionally and and foolishly and childishly. And and then, you know, you've proved the case that, yeah, I'm selfish and not thinking of others. I guess I'm going to have to just drop that because I don't know where to go for it uh, other than say, hey, I I guess, you know, in the light of day... The way I've lived my life is unusual. What brought me to Nigeria? What brought me to Japan? What brought me home with a wife and two children? Like, what What? What got me this fabulous house we live in? Hey, things are working. The way I do things has worked. And I guess that's where the emotionality comes in. Like, don't tell me how to do things and how to plan things and when things should be done. When it was very clear from a photograph that my car needed brake pads... Or more damage was going to be done. I've got the car taken in for brakes to be done. I've I've replaced shingles on the roof. I've replaced the eavesdrops. I've replaced the furnace. I, I things get done, but never. But just it takes a long time. It's just been my nature, and I did learn about time in Japan. I've learned a lot of lessons in my adulthood. That um, you know, and it, it appears no. I'm just the same old stubborn pig-headed, selfish person that I've always been. All right. I guess uh, I, I guess that's it. Oh, I know what provoked the other discussion was um, me listening to the Beatles and saying how much I love them and how much they were a part of my life and how grateful I was to have the Beatles as gurus through my life. Something along those lines. And somehow that led to uh, Kenji saying the hippies were naive. You know, they didn't really do anything. And, you know, and I'm saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute now. That movement, you know, the peace movement, part of which are the hippies were part of the wave of all that in numbers, if nothing else, um, did, you know, I claim, bring about an end to the war in Vietnam. Or it hastened the ending, let's say that. Um, and so I was trying to defend, you know, I, to... I didn't want to defend hippies because I've already spoken badly of them. They were, we were sheep. Uh, but it was a nice path to follow, uh, a nice meadow to, uh, to graze in. And, um, you know, as to whether there, there was some naivety about peace and love, you know, uh, yeah. But that was a good cause. I'd like to see it come back. I'd like to see more of it. But it did lead to another confrontation. You know, of, uh, you know, I looked up uh, naivety just to be sure and just lacking experience, wisdom, and judgment. Or, and and then there's a certain innocence to it. And okay, yeah, maybe uh, the hippie movement was lacking experience. Some people went off and established communes and did very well. Uh, maybe there wasn't time for much wisdom in that. And certainly the wisdom that comes with marijuana isn't the greatest of wisdoms. Um, but there was, uh, an effort and people did realize the war in Vietnam is wrong. It, it must come to an end. And I I would just, I would hope, I mean, it's, it's tragic now, but you'd almost like to see that movement. But unfortunately, oh my God, do I have to get into the Israeli Hamas conflict. I don't want to again, but. I do not like the way Israel is handling it. I do not like what's happening. Uh, the trouble is when people get out into the streets to protest, people feel it's you're, you're being against the Jews and you're anti-Semites and, and you lines get drawn. And unfortunately, uh, they showed a clip on the bus of uh, three people clearly in favor of the, the people suffering in Gaza and, um, Saying something like "kill the Jews" to Jewish women on a bus in Vancouver, and, and my worry is that this isn't for a peace movement. This is take your sides and then double down on them. And I and I think that hatred is unfortunately spilling over here in Canada. And I guess the last point I want to make today is listening to Jesse. And the last one the podcast he did was about uh, this is uh, Canada Land how naive Canada is and how other countries, India and China in particular, are laughing at us and taking advantage of us and using us. And uh, and we're just kind of looking a little bit pathetic. And and for the number of times I badmouth the Americans and, and Trump supporters, um, I have to take a more honest look at Canada and realize, oh, my God, the, the hatred that's out there for Trudeau, the weakness of the country overall and, and maybe that's one of the things we want to celebrate. We're a peaceful nation. We want to get along with everybody. And that was purported to be our strength. Anybody can come here and, and has a fair chance at a good life and live together. And I, I would like that still to be the truth or at least the vision we're attempting to achieve of of uh getting along with each other and, and uh Keeping conflicts that are existing all over the planet out of Canadian politics and out of and, and not in our streets and and, sub, and communities, and I think that's a lot to ask for. Um, we like to pretend we're all about peace, compassion, understanding, and getting along, but uh, maybe that's not really the case. Uh, I certainly understand and support our, our, uh, our efforts to try and um, donate, give money, give, give ammunition, give weapons to Ukraine to defend itself against Russian the Russian invasion, uh, and I'm afraid that's going to die down. It's a lot harder to want to give support to Israel at this point, as, as given that the government they have and given that they're not going to listen anyway. Uh, I'm just gonna leave it there. It's cold. My hands are numb. Uh, that is my. Uh, this is not the end of the podcast, but this is what we got to today. Again, using notes because, as you know, my brain, uh, I think, uh, <laughs> is also gone out to pasture with the cows and uh, is just chewing its cud. But uh, anyway, uh, I got to get back to finding out whether uh, Jason enjoyed the sandwich he got or not. Uh, There was just a little interlude of a a Japanese song in there and uh, now I'll put back on my other iPhone with the earbuds and uh, listen to the end of uh, Jason's story. Scarborough Dude signing out from uh, the uh, Rex, not Rexdale uh, it's not Bendale the ravine I uh, podcast from on a a cold but sunny crisp uh, day late fall. Bye for now. All right, that one has got the longest-lasting ring sound to it. So that means I'm back in Sal, yes. it's uh, We had snow. I had to actually um, scrape and brush off a lot of snow this morning on my wife's car. But fortunately, it's melting. Um, this is sort of a turning point in the year for me because my brain just shouts out, hey, unsafe, unsafe, don't walk, don't go there, and um, so it was a little difficult, um, it was turning, you know where your car drives into the driveway and packs the snow down, and soon you got a block of ice that's going to be there until spring, so I got the shovel out, and it was soft enough, uh, but I had to sort of lean on the road trek to keep my balance so I wouldn't fall, like I couldn't risk standing in the middle of the driveway with a shovel, uh, that's just asking for trouble, so I, it was a fortunate I was able to get up most of it, and uh that's just the state of things to come i think i'm today I'm a little depressed about it. I, I am genuinely and I think almost for the first time starting to worry about my memory, like you know for maybe some listeners it might be obvious, oh it's always, always forgetting words, but everybody forgets words that that's not the concern, but I'm just afraid it'll be. You know, more frequent, a little deeper, a little longer lasting. Uh, I never did come up with *The Handmaid's Tale*. Uh, you know, it was only because I saw a link to it today. Oh, yeah, that's the show the, by Margaret Atwood. I was trying to remember. Uh, but there's lots of other little signs. You know, my my son will say, "What are you What are you watching?" And I know the two shows I'm watching all the time. Here's the segue: uh, *WandaVision*. And uh, <laughs> Andor. I am really enjoying both of them. One Division I wasn't sure for the first three episodes, and maybe I already told you this. Now I'm into it. Wow, this is getting interesting. Uh and Andor, I think, is just absolutely fabulous how they've built a the society. When they did sort of the slave labor camp, like you shudder because you're thinking, wow, this is Reality in other places, and maybe in other times, and maybe in the future. When it is such a dystopian future, uh, but frighteningly real, or it seems to be. You know, that, yeah, this this is what it would be like once certain people have power and have, and perceived enemies. And then, of course, I think you only have to look at. Um, the wars that are going on today to see the same kind of things playing out us against them and who's right and who's wrong and uh, so but I just I mean I just the flip side is the creative genius behind everything from costumes from sets from like the 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 rich people's car in, in andor just wow how beautifully done to, to portray sort of the look of a possible future. Amazing. So um, hats off. And, and there's the there's the hope for mankind, the creative genius that is in everyone. And boy, and, and again, I'll flip back. I'll go all the way back once again to how it's made and uh, how do they do that. And you see this incredible state-of-the-art, Machinery, designed these processes for for taking raw materials and making things. That that's something that I've. Uh, partly maybe it's an age thing. You know, you could see a big pile of sand and hay. You know, you know what that's used for. But uh, when you see the, well, I mean, think of something like the iPhone that's sitting on my lap right now. The components and the various parts and the things that have to work together. Holy fuck, mankind, I salute you. Wow, what have you done in such a short time? This is amazing once you got past fucking religion and witchcraft. Ooh, sorry. I know I I seem to have a beef, but I... (laughs) Oh, I was going to record a clip by uh, Sam Harris, but I don't think anybody will want to hear it. But it is, what is Islamophobia? And he's saying this is just a contrived term. It's just a term to stop anybody from criticizing Islam. And I think he's absolutely bang on the money. And it's not just him. It's other thinking atheists. That when you have a religion that says, if you dare to draw a picture of our prophet, we will kill you. It's punishable by death this is this is witchcraft. this is primitive, backward, stupid, ignorant thinking, and it's not even thinking it's reacting, and it it's just no religion has the right to do that, and I know it's, Ken, don't get fired up, we don't want to hear this shit. we hear it at all, you know too often from you, but it's the thing is people are ignoring it, oh yeah, yeah, no don't no, you can't don't don't no no you're just, you're an islamophobe, you know you're afraid of this. No, there are things uh, built into here, and, and it's a religion that the hardliners don't want to bring up to the 21st century. It's perfect the way it is, the way, you know, Muhammad wanted it to be. Yeah, well, sorry. But anyway, he did a very nice piece, and, and basically it's, it's talking about people being afraid to say anything critical of this religion, and that's exactly what they want. And then, therefore, you use this word... And then everybody will, you know, criticize you for your uh, narrow-minded views and intolerance and so on. When, in fact, it's okay to bitch about a religion that puts out stupid edicts and rules and fatwas. Hey, fuck off! Okay, I, I'm sorry. I, I know people don't want to hear that, but it's just... it. it it's a reality. It's a reality and going forward we want progress. We want a softening of this. It's okay. Yeah, we could have a sense of humor. Yeah, all right. You can you can draw a picture of Muhammad if you want. No, no, you can't. Don't you dare. Uh I, Sweden, was it Sweden, Finland? One country in Europe today just passed a law and here's how they did it. The law is you cannot desecrate any religious text, so they you know they don't want people burning Kor'ans in the street because this will just bring back an army of people coming down on them and, and killing and, and attacking the country, but you don't want to do it just for that, so you pass a law that says it's illegal to desecrate any holy book, and so this would be in you know every other holy book that's out there. Well, why even bother? Why why is that even necessary? Why? Well, guess. Okay? Figure it out. Why they did that. Okay. On to other things. Um, My car, I told you I was getting the brakes done and brought it in yesterday. And I got a call at 4 o'clock. Uh, Ken, you, you want to... Uh, I said, ready to pick up? Uh, no, no. Uh, I want to talk to you. So I said, look, I'll be there in five minutes. Drove down. The car is up on the hoist, wheels off, and he says, come on into the bay, come in, stand under your car. Gets his flashlight out and says, look at that. And he's showing me rust. Now the rust, there's already a hole in the side of the body of rust. This is my 2007 Toyota Yaris. There's already a hole that's eaten right through the metal, or whatever material it is. Underneath, um... The brakes, the, everything is worn, of course. But on top of that, there is rust to the point. He said, don't go over any potholes or this could just fall off. And basically what this gentleman did, this is Mario at uh, Silver Mile, Kingston Road and uh, Markham Road. Um, he said, I can't, I can't give you new brakes. I can't take your money. Basically, that's what he said. I just don't want to take your money because it's not just the front brakes it's the rear brakes and on top of that this is seized up and this is going to fall and we'll have to replace this piece and he said it's going to be you know starting at least fourteen hundred dollars just get rid of the car it's not worth it it's not worth putting this money into this car and what a wonderful car dealer uh I said well just pay me for the time. Yeah, all right here and 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 he I he charged me $50 to have the guys take the wheels off and put them back on and get it up on the hoist and do an inspection and everything else. That is the sign of an honest car dealer now. The police that I took it to, Active Green Ross. I'm stupid in that if the friend if the guy behind the counter is friendly and nice, I think ah they're great here. That's not necessarily the case, especially in a franchise. He said, oh, your rear brakes are fine. Well, they weren't. I was shown how bad they were and what was needed. And he, he pointed it out to me. They weren't fine. All they wanted to do at this other place was just get me into the front brakes and then the next time I come in to have the uh, summer tires, oh, 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 we got to get those rear brakes of yours. It's not safe. And he had actually quoted me 150 and said, well, you know, I can get you cheaper ones that don't only last a year. Now I'm told my car's not even going to last a year. So I am glad that I applied the rule that everybody else does. Get another quote, you know, when it's coming to something that's going to cost more than a couple of hundred bucks. Get another quote. And sure enough, I took it to the place that I like. And um, so I have a car now with virtually... It's got winter tires on, but uh, not much in the way of brakes. I said, I I need to keep it for just around town. And that is... That is the case. I don't think I'll get... The engine's fine. It's got 150,000 kilometers. No problem there. But I, I just... I needed to share that. There are honest people out there. There are people you can trust. And he's personable on top of that. A very, very friendly guy. And um, I just dropped... Her called dropped off her car today to have her winters put on. And... Uh, but anyway, so I've got a Toyota that... I don't want to drive to Ottawa anymore. I used to think, oh, it's great to drive to drive, drive to Ottawa. Fuel economy and so on but and, and of course highway driving might be easier than you know stop and go around town but to drive in the winter you know in a snowstorm and not have brakes, uh not a good idea so there you go that's um that's all i got to share with you i think there's no more notes uh was there anything else you needed to know I think maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll end with another song. I think I owe you that at least, or those of you who bother to listen. Um, yeah, I'm just you know I I, I mentioned I know this uh, I've, I've covered a lot of ground in this particular podcast, and I know I went on about my son sort of scolding me and you know that you got to do this, you got to do this. Um, we're of course over that now, and we can stay up late at night and watch uh, Wandavision together and have a beer and uh, they're. Two fine young men, who I'm very proud of, and uh, my wife, my goodness. (sighs) So, maybe, is there a summary? I've been lucky enough to be able to do things my way, and for whatever reasons, you could call a certain amount of luck thrown in there. It's worked out quite well. Thank you very much. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to sign off. Scarborough Dude, coming to you from Sal. Sal, oh yeah, the noise in the background. I had to get the uh, things running, and uh, I heard a beeping when I came in. Uh, dead battery here. And so, i got to look after this baby. Maybe I'll drive it to Ottawa, maybe not, I don't know. But uh, anyway, signing off. Bye for now.
0: soulful tune. You sing it in key. Get your knees start to it, Get your heart start to jumpin'. It's a soulful tune. Go ahead and sing your tune. Not a worry on my mind, I got out there and then worked and I'm just so tired, so tired this evening. Listen to the music and listen to the song. Got a soulful tune. Get your knees start to jump, your back start to jump, your heart start to pumping, head start to pounding. It's a soulful tune, it will make you dance. Kids, we used to sit around the table, you know, and uh, for lack of anything to do, we used to make up little games. And one of the little games that we made up, which is, uh, which is when my mother went out of the room because she didn't like us doing this thing, which was called and goes like this. <laughs>